Tuning in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. Well, something spooky is going on. Did you see that little glitch at the beginning of our show? Yeah, that was super weird. Yeah, I, I think I think it's I don't know. Is it because T Swift's movie is launched today, or is it because uh, it, it's Friday the Thirteenth? No, it has to be because Taylor Swift. It has to be because Taylor Swift. Nothing yeah. to do with Friday the Thirteenth at all. Probably not. I agree. <laughs> Down well, that. Uh, <laughs> my uh, my daughter is super excited to go and watch the movie tomorrow night, and. Uh, I actually wish I was going with her. So uh, I yeah. didn't get, you know, obviously didn't get a chance to go to the concert and yeah, I think she's a great artist and yeah, really enjoy her music. For sure. For sure. Yeah. My daughter's there right now. So I'll be picking her up later and I'll get the full blow by blow. Very excited. <laughs> they had to go early cause they had to get the popcorn canisters and there was something else that they could get. So, you know, had yep. to get the swag on and I, you know, how important this is. So. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I'll, I've done that with the Star Wars movies, and I've got the little little popcorn bins and their tins for the Star Wars movies. So yeah, I, I know the I know I know what you got to do. Um, all right. Well, so somebody else who is celebrating something exciting today is uh, well, not today, but this week is Lori Jean Britton. Uh, so she is actually, I guess, known in the industry, and I didn't know this, but known in the industry as Tivia. She's a blogger and podcaster. And she was originally back in 2019. Um, she was the first person to ever play laser tag in all 50 states. So, oh, wow. uh, and then, yeah, it's like all 50 states. And so I'll, I'll pull her up here um, because what's interesting is she did it again. So, since 2019, she's gone and played laser tag in all 50 states for a second time, which is an unbelievable dedication to the industry. Um, I mean, 50 states just once. I haven't even been to all 50 states for no actual real reason, let alone to go and play laser tag. So, um, mm-hmm. but anyway, so Eric Guthrie, uh, uh, who's the curator of the Laser Tag Museum, some of us know Eric Guthrie is also like the guy who is the big proponent of lasertag.com and his zone laser. No, it's not his, but you know, the zone laser tag system. And, uh, and so he just basically reiterated that her journey was completed with the final game on October 7th. So, uh, and they, she finished at ozone laser tag, which is in Owensboro, wow. Kentucky, which is just right by near the um, laser tag museum. So anyway, congrats to Tivia. And what I also didn't know, you know, again, because I didn't know Tivia was this podcast or blogger. She has a whole website called Tivia chick loves laser and so you guys can go check it out. She's got a podcast. I just found out about this today. So I have not had a chance to listen to the podcast or watch her YouTubes. Um, but she clearly is known well in the industry. And I could just be like way far behind in this. And everybody like in the laser tag world and the FEC world already knows about her. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to know she exists and to give her podcast a listen. Yeah, no, totally. I, I have never heard of her either. This is super cool. Um, I yeah. wonder if she has a list somewhere about what location she's been to and the ones that she still has to go to. That would be really interesting to see. Yeah, because I mean, to play laser tag in all 50 states just means you have to play once in one of the mm-hmm. venues in, in each state versus like I played in all the laser tag venues. Like that would be really, like yeah. that should be her next goal. So, so like the next 20 years, she should play at every single laser tag venue in the United States. Like totally. that would be pretty incredible. Every I don't even know how many there's got to be, like 2,000 of them. 
oh my gosh, there must be a gazillion, absolutely a gazillion. Um, and I mean, she should be doing a review on each of them, I think. Like have some sort of, she should build out a rating system. That would be so freaking cool, hey? <laughs> yeah, it would be, it would be cool. It'd be almost like as if somebody did something like that for escape rooms and hot shows. That'd be, oh. it'd be kind of crazy. Maybe we oh, should talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk yeah, about that later. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll do that later. But that would have been a good, really good segue. Gosh, it would have been a great segue. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. Well, it is Friday, Friday. Um, and what happens on Fridays, everybody? <laughs> Eunice drops their new game that's coming out for the show. I just, I'm just so loving this. I feel like it's Christmas. <laughs> anyway, um, this week they've dropped information about um, their game, Lane Master Extreme. Now, um, from what I understand, this game's been around for a while, but they've done some upgrades and they've made some changes to it. But it's ultimately this cutting edge bowling game with a bit of a retro twist. Um, how the game works, it's meant to be super fast pace um, and uh, players are rewarded for throwing balls really rapidly down the chute. And um, you can see there's the video screens. They, they um, These uh, pins kind of drop on the screen and they go quickly and they get all these different points um, and the pins come in waves. So you get a little bit of a break between the pins dropping, um, but not too much time. And the goal is to hit as many of those pins as possible within the time limit. This game comes in different modes. So there's single mode, there's challenge mode where you can link up with a bunch of different other players, which sounds like fun. Um, and score is based on how many pins you hit. At the end of the game, uh, there is a prize spinner that you can hit for bonus points. Um, and then there's even a power ball that you can get. So what happens is when the balls drop, if you get a power ball, which has a QR code on it, you can scan the QR code at the beginning of the game. And as you're playing that QR code will do like boosts, um, and different, um, uh, challenging things, I guess, or it just offers different play within the game to make it just that much more spectacular. So I, I have a couple questions about this. Um, one, first of all, do we know, does the, does the QR code being scanned on my phone or am I scanning in the QR code scanner that's actually on the physical? From cabinet? what I, what, what I, what it sounds like is the power balls are physical balls with QR codes on them. So I'm assuming you get a ball and there's a scanner there that you scan that ball right at the machine. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, th so th that, that answers that question. The second one, now it'd be really cool if I could scan it with my phone and somehow took me to some bowling app or whatever that I could play on my phone and continue to play and do something like that, oh, you know? Interesting and, idea. Uh, hmm. If only um, someone would come up with something like that. If only somebody was working on something like that. Um, anyway, but the other question I have is, so are they physical pins or are they virtual pins? Because, you know, no. it could just be a board along the back and then the screen displays the virtual right. pins and based on where I'm hitting on the backboard. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I was just thinking about this earlier. We've done this review on all these games. We need to go play these games now so we can give better feedback. But from oh, what I can sure. gather yeah. from this is that you can see there's a digital, the screen kind of laying on the back there, and that it's just digital pins coming down. There's no actual true pins. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was wondering. So then that leads me to the third question, which is, you know, if, if it's all based on speed, um, uh -huh. sp you know, in order to get speed, I have to really throw that thing hard. And you know that these things are filled with a bunch of kids and over, over, uh, indexed adults. And that just want to show how fast and how hard they can throw these balls down the lane. Like, I'm just wondering how, how many screens, how many, how much testing they've put this through from like, you know, you go to yeah. Ikea and they have a little chair and there's constantly like this robot pushing down on the chair and it's like up to number 755 million times. Like, mm -hmm. I just wonder how often they've thrown this ball in the back to find out like, what is its threshold to break the sensors or throw it and hit the screen instead? Like that just seems like if, yeah. I love this game. Like it sounds super cool, but a lot of, a lot of questions for me still. And I, I want to be able to play it for I, sure. 
and I want to have faith here that Eunice has um, been designing and operating games like this for an extremely long period of time that they probably got that solved. However, <laughs> yes, you can always be surprised. Yes. I mean, so I think all that's, all that is true, but this is one of the few, like I haven't seen too many games from them yet that have like a physical, hard, massive, you know, mini bowling ball that I'm chucking towards a digital screen, right. As hard as I possibly can. And that's actually the goal of the game, right? Like mm -hmm. the ski ball, it's a little bit different. I've got these hard wooden balls and it's about finesse trying to get them up in just the right place. And I don't even have a digital yeah. screen to worry about. Um, yeah. but here I'm like literally incentivized to roll this fucker down the bowling alley as fast as possible. Well, you know what? We don't have any information as to it, what that ball is actually like. So it's I'm I'm going to assume it's not like an ice ball that's super hard and heavy. I'm assuming it's a little bit lighter and probably I don't know. That would make sense to me. Yeah, it very well could be. Lighter, I was assuming it was more like a like a duck pin ball, right? Like you know the little palm balls that you can just roll down. Like like yeah, that that's what I was really wondering there. So anyway, yeah. cool. Excited to check it out. And I just love regardless of whether or not it's a complete disaster um, because of you know breakage or whatever. I just like the, the, how much Eunice is is innovating. Um, it's and it's super cool to see a new mm. game coming out every week before uh, before IAPA. So right on, that's awesome. Um, all right, so the next one, I actually don't have any companion imagery because I, I wasn't really wanting to talk so much about the the place. There's a there's a new FEC that's opened up in London, Kentucky. It's pretty straightforward, sixty thousand square foot facility at eighteen bowling lanes, indoor electric go karts, state of the art laser tag, sixty arcade games, escape rooms, golf simulators, and a full restaurant and bar. Uh, so pretty straight. Yeah, so pretty straightforward, standard FEC, right? Big box FEC. It's got all it's all got all the good stuff in there. Um, so there's two things that I thought was cool about what they're doing, though. So the first one is they collaborated with a local restaurant. So they're in London, Kentucky, small town, but known. Um, but this Weaver's Hot Dogs is super well known there. And they're like, well, if we're going to do Weaver's Hot Dogs, if we're going to do this FEC, well, like, and we got to do F&B, let's collaborate with Weaver's Hot Dogs. And they created Weaver's Chili. And so they have a Weaver's Chili available um, inside the FEC. And so, and there's like a little bit of love shown between two small, uh, family, you know, family owned businesses collaborating and doing work together. So I always like that when that happens, when you can work with local, uh, food and beverage, that's really popular in the area. Um, but then the other side is that, uh, they really thought a little bit creatively when it came to their financing, they went to a group there called the Southeast Kentucky Economic Development Corporation. So a lot of our cities, a lot of our towns, we have economic development corporations. Their goal is to bring people in, businesses in, set up businesses, generate jobs, generate revenue. That's their goal. And they're typically nonprofit or they're partially, you know, either private or public funded, but nonprofit. Um, and so they actually, they don't provide the funding or the financing. So it's not like a grant program, but what they actually did with, with these guys with the palace is they helped to assemble a financing package and they work with their network of other nonprofit lenders and banks. And they basically assembled the, the right sort of package um, across three different or three different lenders and organizations, the Corner Square Community Capital, Kentucky Highlands Investment Corporation, and then the Monticello Banking Company. So all three very like unknown entities, at least for those of us like not in Kentucky. But this group pulled together these three uh, funders to help get the revenue or to get the the capital to go and build this build this place. So uh, super creative. And just I think one way if we're looking to build, like we should always I always go to our economic development groups in our cities before we think about going, you know, just direct to banks or whatever, like look at what other avenues and opportunities there are for capital. Um, and I thought they did a great job with that. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great to have a partner there that'll help you find financing because it's not easy, <laughs> right? So that's yep, cool. Yep, yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, okay. Well, speaking of um, things, <laughs> that was such a great transition, Christine. Was- well done. <laughs> that was an amazing transition. Yeah. I know. Thank you. It's Friday the 13th. And so I just kind of got messed up there. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So- StreamYard had a glitch this morning. had a glitch earlier. Christine just had a glitch. Yeah. I currently just had a glitch. So um, something I'm super excited about, and I know I've been, t- I've been ranting to Brandon about this for a while is facial recognition stuff. I just think it is so cool. Like I don't want to have to scan my fingerprint. I don't want to have to do any of that. I just want you to know who I am and treat me accordingly. <laughs> you know, um, you have my credit card, just charge away. Well, okay. I mean that, you know what I mean anyway, but I'm excited to announce that universal has actually started to test facial recognition software. Um, here's a picture or a, a, a kind of like a little message that they have, um, showing it off to some of the guests that are entering. Um, they are testing this out at Island of Adventure, the Island of Adventure theme park. And they only have it in a couple lanes right now. And it's going to be very similar to how their fingerprint program actually works already. So, what will happen is guests will come up and they will go and they will scan their face or they'll scan their ticket first, either their physical ticket or on their phone. And then their face will get scanned really quickly. Um, it takes two seconds and then they get to walk through into the park. Now, um, the what, what Universal is saying is that they will capture your identification, much like your fingerprint was captured before. Um, your face will be kept uh, for six months after you've used your ticket or if you're a season pass holder for the length and duration of your season pass. Um, and then photos will actually be deleted out of the system. Um, they're just testing this out, but the goal really is to ensure and actually, sorry, let me move to this next slide here, which um, you can see, you can kind of see how it's working here, how they're scanning the facial image and how it kind of goes into the system. I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, but I'm kind of geeky that way. Um, but the the goal behind this is really just to make things more seamless in the park. So eliminate physical t- uh, ticketing. Um, they're just in the testing phase again, and they just are really trying to enhance the park experience. But what I think is super cool about this is, I mean, this is just the beginning I would expect. Um, eventually, they will probably have facial recognition throughout the park, and they would probably be using that as a tool to help guide people into different experiences or to help them on their journey through the park or really understand guest behavior when they're around and kind of watch and track play play within the park and where do people go and how can they be um, designing the parks better? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I think that if all they're doing is using this for admission and it's for, let's say I go and I visit Universal once in a year, and then I have to have my face picture taken again and assigned to my profile again, every single time I go and visit. Um, if I'm not an annual pass, I feel like an annual pass holder, there's a lot of benefits if it's only at the gate, but for a one-time visitor, like it actually slows things down. I mean, same thing with like me putting my fingerprint down at Disney, it slows things down. If I'm only going there once as a regular pass holder, sure. I come in, scan my fingerprint, boom, I'm in. That's great. But it, it seems to like slope. So where it could be where it could be beneficial is if you then have that for your fast passes, for your ride entrance, or in your ride return, or you go yeah. walk into the merchandise and it just scans your face as you walk in, and you have an Amazon Go experience where you walk in, you grab your stuff, and you walk back out, and it's scanned and knew exactly what you took, and you know that kind of thing. So like if it's used throughout the park, yeah. then it benefits me to have my face scanned early on when I'm first walking through the door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I agree for sure. And I suspect that that's the direction they're going to go. They're just slowly starting to train people on it and kind of get people comfortable with the idea, you know, and just see how it's kind of um, how it's taken, what the feedback is. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that the, the difference between facial recognition and and you know when it comes to biometrics, right? Facial recognition, ocular scanning, fingerprint scanning, you know, the different types of biometrics that are there. You know, with fingerprint scanning, I have intentionality behind me putting my fingerprint on something and then and then it registering me and me walking through a gate. Where with facial recognition, I could just be walking around the park and it's scanning me, knowing where I am, sending me push notifications. And there's a little bit of like it depends on your view on it, either a really high level of convenience factor or a super high level of creepy factor. And I think that's my my issue with facial recognition as a biometric. And I think why adoption will be slower on that front than it has been for fingerprints or other types of biometrics. Yeah, I could, I, you know, as you're saying that, I could see people coming up with funky devices like, okay, I just scanned my face through this turnstile, but now I'm going to have a screen. So I have something in my purse or my pocket and I pull it on, I put it over my face and it distorts my image a little bit. So you yeah. can't actually scan my face going through the park, you know, like there's going to be so many hacks and different things that people are going to do um, to get around these things. It'll, it'll just be interesting technology to watch expand. Oh, oh, absolutely. Especially as, well, we're not going to talk about it today because this isn't really that type of a podcast, but things like Clearview AI. And if you want to look oh, into that, just do a little search. Um, but, uh, or you can post it and I'll happen to post some stuff in Discord. But, you know, things like that, there's definitely will be uh, facial obfuscation and other things that uh, we're going to be able to do yeah. or want to do to uh, obfuscate our face from facial recognition scanning. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So, um, bef- so last. Wednesday, so just two days ago, I talked about Disney releasing video around their little robot in their R&D facility in Switzerland. And well, sure enough, I th- there's clearly a reason why they felt comfortable releasing their R&D videos because it is now in the wild. So these little guys, they just released this. They're doing tests at Disneyland and Galaxy's Edge in, uh, in LA or in Anaheim. And um, these guys just walked out for the first time into the park yesterday, and they are so cool. Look at all the lights. These little guys. There you go. Oh, look at the Look at the guy. Man, there's orange one. Come on. Excuse me, all. Thank so, you. Pretty cool. We're not going to watch the whole video because I, you know, showed the whole video last time on. Um, but I uh, just wanted to show a little bit of that guy. And um, yeah, super, super cute little uh, little guys there. And um, like just, yeah, they're awesome. It, it reminds me of going to, there's the Calgary Zoo here and they do the penguin march in the wintertime. And they just like, everyone gathers around and they stand on the sides and the little penguins march up and down, just so discoordinated, but they're darling and cute. And oh my gosh, I just want to take one home. And call I know, own. I know, I know both a penguin and a little robot. I want to I take yes. both of them home. Uh, but it would now be they great. are controlled. They are mm, remote controlled. Great. So they have little pads. So there are three guys that are in the back. You couldn't really see them in that video, but in an earlier part of the video, the three little guys controlling them from a pad. Um, but obviously this is a test and they'll probably be much more you know, hidden and obfuscated from view. And um, but what's so cool is that they can in real time interact with their environment and the guests and everything else yeah. versus being pre-programmed. Yeah, I, I just see all the new Disney merch coming out here shortly. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll establish yes. whole brand and identity to these guys for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, that was fun. Yeah. All right. So, uh, well, all of you LBXers, have a great February 13th and uh, February 13th, Friday the 13th. Oh, my gosh. October, Friday. No, I had a glitch. We're all having glitches today. We're all glitching. Yep. (laughs) All right. Well, this is CBBW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. (laughs) Have a great Friday, everyone.